Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. Today's reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 12. The next day, the great crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written. Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. Look, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written of him and had been done to him. So the crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to testify. It was also because they heard that he had performed this sign that the crowd went to meet him. The Pharisees then said to one another, You see, you can do nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today is Palm Sunday. It's the beginning of our Holy Week journey, and it starts off in a little bit of a celebratory way. People lining the streets of Jerusalem as Jesus comes in, waving palm branches, singing Hosanna. But we know this celebration will be short-lived, for soon the crowd will disperse, the Hosannas will die down. And as we journey into the week, we'll be gathered at a table with bread and wine, a bowl to wash feet. We'll find and experience an arrest, a betrayal, a crucifixion, and eventually an empty tomb. This is the journey of Holy Week. Right before this story, remember here we're in John's gospel, before Jesus enters into Jerusalem here in chapter 12, We hear that the religious officials want to arrest Jesus. They've had enough. Now, here's the interesting thing. A couple weeks ago, I mentioned the difference between the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and then the gospel of John. We have another difference here. I find it kind of intriguing that in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it's the cleansing of the temple that causes the religious officials to finally say, enough is enough. We have to arrest Jesus. But we're in John's gospel. Remember, the cleansing of the temple happens all the way at the beginning in chapter two. And in this gospel, it's actually the raising of Lazarus from the dead. That's the tipping point that pushes the religious officials to actually not only want to arrest Jesus, but they also want to arrest Lazarus. They want both of them dead. This, this Jesus, right, who, as he's coming into Jerusalem, the crowds are, are proclaiming that he is the king of Israel. He's the Messiah. He's the one who's been sent to save and rescue God's people. Now, during this time, there were a lot of different ideas about who and what the Messiah was to be. And there was this kind of general idea that some thought that the Messiah was to be like this earthly powerful king who was going to come in with this grand display of power and violently defeat the Romans and put an end to Roman occupation. And so if that were the case, if that's who you thought the Messiah was to be, 
you probably would have expected the Messiah to come in in a riding a chariot, right? Covered with, with gold and, and fancy jewels pulled by these magnificent horses. But that's not what we get. Instead, we have Jesus entering into Jerusalem on a donkey. Not what the world would expect. You see, here's the thing. If you've been paying any attention to Jesus and his ministry and how it is that he fully lives into his identity as a son of God, he rarely, actually, I would say never, lives into the world's expectations. Think about his ministry, right? I mean, he, he talked with women in public. He welcomed the little children. He, he ate with sinners. He touched lepers. You see, when... Jesus rides into Jerusalem on this donkey, fulfilling what was spoken in the prophet Zechariah. He comes not in power, but in humility. He comes not in hate, but in love. And he comes not in violence, but in peace. And eventually, Jesus will lay down his life for the sake of the life of the world. Not what the world expected. Defying all expectations. This is the way of God. For God is love. So this Holy Week, you know, during the season of Lent, our theme has been a necessary death. Maybe this week is an opportunity for us to finally put to death all of those expectations that we have around who God is and how it is that we think God works in the world. Let me tell you a little bit more about what I mean when I say that. So often we try to put God in a box. I think it's just part of our, our humanity, right? We try to define who God is and make sense of, of all of the, in our brain, right? And logically figure out who God is. But what happens is we say, well, God can't move in and through that to bring about new life. God can't possibly be working over here. Or God, why aren't you doing this? Or why don't I see you over here, right? And it goes on and on. And when we do that, when we place our own human expectations and limitations upon God, we miss out. We miss out on opportunities to have our, our hearts and our minds and our eyes and our ears opened to the many and various ways that our God is active and alive in the world. We begin to get shut off, unable to, to fully dive in because we were created as God's kids to defy expectations, to fully participate in God's reign, which is inbreaking all around, to live into God's mission of oneness so that all creation are united together in God in love. So this Holy Week, how can you lay those expectations that you have, those preconceived notions of who God is and how God moves and works in the world, can you lay those at the foot of the cross? Put those to death. And in that, have your heart expanded to experience our God in new ways, our God who is love. Maybe this Holy Week also is an opportunity for us to engage in that necessary death of dying to the expectations that the world places on us, that others, that ourselves, that we place on ourselves. 
trying to live outside of our identity of who it is that we are called and created to be as God's kids, trying to be somebody different or to, to live outside of the core essence of who God has dreamed and designed us to be. Maybe this week is the time for that to be put to death. Instead of, of living into the world's story where we need to hoard and store for ourselves, to be generous, to share all that we have and all that we are so that all may experience real life. Maybe this is the week for us to finally die to the world story that says that I'm the center of the universe, that I live for me, myself, and I, and instead have our consciousness expanded that we're all interconnected. We are all a part of one another. And that we're called like Jesus to pour our lives out for the sake of the life of the world, to defy expectations. It's who we were called and created to be. You know, I guess if you expected to, for Jesus to be a worldly king, you wouldn't have expected him to ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. And, you know, if you expected that the world story of dominance and power and division and hatred and violence had the last say. I guess you wouldn't be expecting Jesus for God to raise Jesus from the dead. But that's what happens to show us that God's life and love win. And here we stand on Palm Sunday at the beginning of Holy Week, trusting that the only way to new life is through death. And this paradoxical nature of our faith continues to defy all expectations, to remind us that God's story, God's love, and God's life win every single time. So, my beloved family, a blessed Holy Week to you. Together as we journey from the palm branch Hosanna-lined streets of Jerusalem to the Last Supper, to the hill of crosses, to the uncertainty of Saturday, and eventually to that empty tomb. May you be held in the love of God. May that story reach into every fiber of your being. May you be held there and be reminded that our God never gives up and never quits on us, that our God is in, around, and among all things. And may this promise of God Give us the strength and the courage to fully embrace our identity as children of God, to defy expectations so that the Holy Spirit can continue to fill us as vessels of life and love sent out so that all may experience real life. Amen.